looking, flips the ball, diving for the pylon, and he's got it! Razzle-dazzle! Touchdown, Houston! And the Texans go in front! Game day is every day. We had a lot of energy, and we brought a lot of spark for this organization. The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. The ball is out, and the Texans say they have it, and they do! Now, it's Texans All Access. Presented by First Community Credit Union. Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program. Mark Vandermeer with you with John Harris and John McClain tonight. Such a pleasure to have you aboard as the Texans take on the Vikings on Sunday, trying to get out of a three-game losing streak to start the season. John Harris is on. I believe the general is on as well. General, how's it going tonight? Oh, we don't have him yet. We don't have him yet, but we do have John Harris. Johnny, it's been at least 24 hours since we spoke. I think we've texted <laughs> a little bit, but yeah. uh, here yeah. we are. <laughs> to kickoff is getting ever so close. Your oh. thoughts on the events of and as we get closer to the Vikings and the Texans' chances of snapping out of this thing. You know, Mark, it's so interesting to me how when you look at these teams, I, I, I wrote about it in my Know Your Foe. Both these teams were 10-6 and six last year. They both got wild card round victories last year. Both coaches started with them in 2014. Both teams uh, exited in divisional round. Both teams are 0-3. Both teams faced three opponents that are a combined 8-1. and one. I mean, it, it's really, really interesting to me how very similar from that perspective these teams are. But the makeup of the teams – are much are much eh, I say much different, but they're different. Um, I don't think there's any any debating that. But just their situation and circumstances are very very similar. And I, I'm curious, you know, because they talk we talk about desperation a lot. Oh, this is a desperation weekend, and it is yes. But I think if you play like it, you'll be 0 four. But if you walk in there and say we're going to execute the way we know how. This is the game plan on both sides of the ball, all three phases, of the, all three phases, and we're going to out-execute them. We're going to out-play them. We're going to play with a little bit of energy, and we got our fans behind us. Let's roll. That team that can do that, obviously it's us if we have fans behind us, but if we can do that, we'll be fine. If we play like this is desperation time, and then uh, it's going to be a long day. I just have a feeling when you play tight like that, you just, especially this team, um, in this organization, when it's tight, it's just not good. But when they're playing loose, they're kind of feeling the, the rhythm of the music they're listening to. This team is tough to stop. You know, it's it's one of those uh, ESPN and FS1 daily talk show questions, but I'll throw it out there anyway. Mm-hmm. Which team has more pressure on them, the Vikings at 0-3 or the Texans at 0-3? And by the way, Brandon, our producer, is, is the general with us yet? Okay, John McClain, let's welcome him in and get him into this conversation. Good evening, General. How's it going? Well, I'm sorry I'm late. I've been watching the A's and the White Sox to see who's (laughs) going to play the Astros. I'm pulling for the A's because I want the Astros to be able to play against Mike Breyers, who was knocked out in the first inning of this game, which means he'll be well-rested for the Astros. Okay. Well, John, let me throw you that cheesy question, but I think it's worth asking on some levels, which team has more pressure on Sunday, Vikings or Texans? Because 0-4, we know that that's the abyss. I mean, 
look, nothing's impossible, but that's really improbable to come back from that. Texans, because they're at home. I think if this game was played in Minnesota, we'd be saying that about the Vikings, but it's here. Both teams were 10-6 and six last year, made the playoffs. Texans won a game, Vikings. Did the Vikings win a playoff game last year? Yeah, beat the Saints, the remember? Beat yes. New Orleans? Yeah. yeah, they beat the Saints in New Orleans. So both of them won a playoff game. Mike Zimmer and Bill O'Brien have both in their seventh seasons. And uh, and I think it's going to be a good game. I predicted the Texans in August to start 0-3 and, and then be 2-3. and 3. And I thought Minnesota was going to be real good. But I still think the Texans would beat them. And, and, of course, we know they need to play better on both sides of the ball. But I thought it was very encouraging what happened in the first half against the Steelers. Number one, it was against a great defense. Number two, even though there weren't 70,000 fans, it was still on the road. You still have to travel. And so I thought that was very encouraging. So if they can do it for a, a half at Pittsburgh and score three touchdowns, here comes Minnesota ranked 26th against the run. If they're ever going to run again, it's got to be against the Vikings. And uh, I'm doing, by the way, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see how often do you see a franchise that has all of its coaches on the field at the same time. Yep. I'm doing a story on that for Sunday. I've talked to Cal McNair, who was involved in the hiring of all three, Bill, Mike Zimmer. Uh, Zimmer reminded me he was on the Cowboys staff that lost that first game here in 2002 Kubiak and Capers were so good today I mean they were just great talking about their memories of being here and the Texans and the McNairs and so I'm uh, I'm gonna write that tonight and I'm excited about it because they're so fired up so even though there's two oh and three teams there's a lot of interest for uh, a lot of reasons John if the Texans are to get a win on Sunday what one thing, one thing, just one thing, you can change one thing and one thing only. What is that one thing that has to change for Sunday to go the Texans' way? Oh, can I pick one thing on each side of the ball? Sure, why not? Yeah, I'm, I feel like Santa Claus tonight. Let's do it, John. Look, offense, defense, you, what do you got to do? Uh, the offense, I would say you have to run better. You have to run like they ran against Kansas City when they averaged 5.4 yards of carry. Now, defensively you'd say okay stop the run they're the worst in the league but anthony weaver he's he's more worried about turnovers they've gone three consecutive games without a turnover for the third time in history if they do four then let's see that goes back to like i wrote all this today and i forgot the numbers and the worst start with turnovers was dom capers last year 2005 so uh, I would say force some turnovers because they believe it, that they'll come in bunches. And they talked about that with sacks in the first game. They had one, and then they had four in the second game, two in the last game, so they have seven. So I believe once they have a turnover, it'll mushroom. As Anthony said today, he hopes it's an avalanche. So I'd say running the ball and enforcing turnovers, especially if they shorten the field. Right now, the only team in the NFL – that doesn't have a turnover. And I think that would make such a difference. And Kirk Cousins last year threw six interceptions. How many has he got through three games? Six. John McClain joining us on Texans All Access. General, what about stopping the run other than getting a lead? I mean, it would be great to be up a score or two and be able to fire off on Kirk Cousins. 
But tell us about getting a lead in this one and how, or stopping the run in general. I'd love to get a lead, but stopping the run in general and how they're going to do it. You guys know Gary Kubiak likes to have a good running game. That's important to him. You know, the one cut and go. And last year, even though he was over the offense, Kevin Stefanski called the plays. So I'm guessing like Tim Kelly and Anthony Weaver, the, the offense had to adjust to him a little bit last in that 31-30 loss to Tennessee, ran for 226 yards. They had big plays in that game. Justin Jefferson, 70, I guess, down, and, and uh, Dalvin Cook had a 39-yard touchdown run. Kirk Cousins likes to throw it down the field, which means the pass rushers might have a better chance to get him. But I think that – they're going to come in trying to run the ball. The Texans have done better against the run until the fourth quarter of the last two games. And as you mentioned, Mark, yeah, get a lead where they can't run. But if you can't do that, try to do what you did in the first three quarters. So Minnesota's running game is good. And so they're going to have to score more points. You know, they've, the Minnesota's defense is not good. And so Deshaun Watson, his receivers, David Johnson, it all starts up front. The offensive line has got to play better. To me, it's mystifying with all five starters back and the top two tight ends that they had done a poor job of blocking as they have. This would be a good breakout game. Yeah, I hope that it definitely turns uh, that way for sure, John, with this Texans-Vikings game on Sunday. John, Playing the Vikings obviously happens every four years, and you go up to Minnesota every eight years, and obviously they come here every eight years. Did you ever go to a game, a Vikings game, or cover a game at Old Metropolitan Stadium? Uh, let's see. No. When no. I started, I can't No, I did not. Uh, watched a lot, but the only place I went was the Metrodome, and, uh, and I'm glad I didn't have to go to Metropolitan Stadium. It was out where the mall is now, Mall oh, yeah. of America, and watching so many games through the through the years about how cold it got up there. And, boy, those were real men that played at Metropolitan Stadium, I can tell you that. Yeah, they definitely had they definitely had the doors open for that one uh, outside at <laughs> Metropolitan Stadium. There's, there's no question. General, with the game on Sunday, the Texans will have a smattering of fans, about 13,300 uh, which really is about a really good high school football game in the city of Houston, fully packed. But do you think it matters? Because we've seen the fans at Kansas City. We didn't see them the last two weeks in either Houston or in Pittsburgh. But we will have just a smattering of fans. Do you think that matters on Sunday to just have your own fans in the building, to have just some sort of noise that you're accustomed to as a player? Absolutely it matters. And one of the reasons it matters, it's like when we're at training camp in normal circumstances and they have 4,500 people, the intensity level's turned up. The players admit that. You know, the fans are there. They want to make plays for them. They want to do well. And so when we were in Kansas City and the players, the fans were spread all over Arrowhead Stadium, up in the far reaches in the corner of the end zone. So they were spread out, but I could hear them in an enclosed press box. And so I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that based on where they are, John Schriever and Jamie Roots, I'm sure have done a great job about the spacing. 
that make their presence felt. Now, are they going to be able to force the Vikings to go to a silent count? Of course <laughs> not. But I'll guarantee you it means something to the players. And I'm, I'm, I think it'll be very cool to have the fans back. John McLean joining us. John, thoughts on the postponement of the Titans and the Steelers? Makes it tougher on both those teams to play 13 weeks in a row. We've seen teams undergo hardships in the past because of natural disasters like hurricanes this time because of COVID-19. Titans had another player today, Christian Fulton, their rookie corner go on the COVID list. And, you know, you don't have to disclose who your staffers are. It could be all coaches for all we know. We don't know. And uh, I was asked today on one of the shows I did about the bus driver driving the uh, Astros who had driven uh, the, the Steelers uh, not the Steelers, um, Titans, and they and they drove the Astros and how that could possibly affect the Astros. And I don't know what their protocols are. I don't think they test every day. I don't know if they stay six feet apart. They sure don't adhere to protocols when they're in the dugout because they're wearing masks around their ears and on their neck and around their chin. And obviously they don't have a commissioner with the baseballs to find them like they do in football. And this is a good example of what happened to the Titans. Could happen to anybody. Baseball, football, basketball, hockey's over. But um, I – I feel bad for them, and I feel bad for the Steelers. You know, it's like the teams that played the Marlins early on. They couldn't play games. Like, and, and one of them had to play seven consecutive doubleheaders. So I feel bad for the Titans and the Steelers, and hopefully they'll get over it, and they won't need to do that again because what if it happens to the Titans five or six weeks from now or the Steelers? Then what do, what do they do? I'm guessing they would make up the game on the week off uh, in the first round uh, before they play, I guess there's a there's an extra week in there. I don't know. I, I read that today, but if they have to do it again, they're in trouble because you, you're still going to be able to play 16 games. Well, oh, I heard that Raymond James Stadium is reserved for more than just Super Bowl weekend just in case. I mean, I think they could push Every, back. Mark, excuse me. Every city, including Houston, when you get a Super Bowl, you have to save every Sunday in that week, in that month. So they've got the stadium available till the end of February. And truthfully, it's not a baseball stadium. It's not any. They could use. They could move it back to March. The NFL yeah. could play anywhere it wants, any month it wants, because it's the 800-pound gorilla that sits where it wants. So they have contingencies for 12 14 16 games everything that you could possibly think about and they hope they don't have to do it but we'd be naive to think that the titans are going to be the only team general i can't believe we've gone this far in the conversation and not asked you about earl thomas and the 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 fact that it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. What's your what's your reading? How did this whole Earl Thomas situation go down in your in your estimation? What you know? Uh, Bill O'Brien, because Eric Murray went out, wanted to bring him in, give him a physical, talk to him, find out what's he been doing. You know, has Earl Thomas been seeing a therapist? Has he has he been in rehab? What's he been doing all this time? Has he been working out? Has he? Uh, you know, he's obviously not following NFL protocols so they bring him in they gave him a physical and uh, uh 
while they left the door open a little for the future, they're never going to close publicly. They're never going to say we're not going to sign a guy ever, no matter who it is. But I do not believe Earl Thomas will be signing here. Okay. Well, uh, as far as the safety situation goes, your thoughts on the secondary, the injuries they have, Gary and Conley not coming off IR, that kind of thing with the corners and the safeties as you get ready for Sunday's Viking passing attack to deal with. A.J. Moore deserved the playing time he got because of the training camp he had. We saw him every day make make a lot of plays. And so now he's got a hamstring. He pulled up and grabbed it. So you know that's bad. He's not coming back anytime soon. Now, Lonnie Johnson, they've been moving Lonnie and having him go back and forth. And uh, He was learning safety in a virtual offseason program. I think one of the reasons you see Philip Gaines along after – uh, Vernon R. Graves and Bradley Roby's the third corners because Lonnie's playing safety. So it's not like they're destitute. And you'd think Lonnie Johnson, because he's in his second season, he worked really hard in the offseason mentally and physically to make that big step that second-year players are supposed to make, especially under normal circumstances. And I would think he's going to make some mistakes, but he's going to make some plays. So if you've got Justin Reed, and Justin has said he's got to play better, and then you got uh, Murray, and Murray's made some plays, and he's given up some. And then you got Johnson. You could be worse. The best thing the secondary do- has done is they're not giving up balls down the field. Only two explosive pass plays against Pittsburgh. That's 20-plus, one on a blown assignment. That was Juju Smith-Schuster's touchdown. Now, if they could get some interceptions, a lot of that is the pass rush. You know, they have seven sacks. And take away those sacks, they've only knocked down quarterbacks five times, three by Watt. So they got to hit the quarterback more. It'd be a good time to start it because if you hit the quarterback more, as you guys know, you got a chance for strip sacks, you got a better chance for interception, and they know what they need to do. We all know what they want to do now. They've just got to execute Anthony Weaver's plan as well as Tim Kelly's plan and be more consistent on offense, score more points. You know what's amazing about the defense? They're one of the best in the league in the red zone. Last year, they were the worst by far. And I asked Watt about it yesterday, and he seemed surprised. He didn't really have a good answer. You know, usually J.J. has a great answer, but their red zone defense has been really good. Their red zone offense was sixth or seventh last year. Now it's third. The problem is they've only been in the red zone seven times with six touchdowns, so they got to get there more. I have been preaching Lonnie Johnson to safety for how long, Mark Vandermeer? About eight years, it seems. So when he goes back there, I'm like, yeah, I mean, told y'all. His days of playing corner over. He's not playing corner anymore because Lonnie's going to be one heck of a safety. I can tell you that. John, Monday night, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs go into Baltimore and put it on the Ravens. How surprising was that to see the Chiefs do what they did to Baltimore? I remember when Lonnie was in high school, you were saying he should move to safety. <laughs> in the womb. And in junior and in junior college and in Kentucky. Uh, Damn right, I General. Baltimore to win. I'm not surprised that the Chiefs won. I'm surprised at the thoroughness of the victory, especially after they'd had to go to overtime to beat a rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert, in L.A. Maybe they were looking ahead of them, obviously, to the Ravens. So that's why I picked the Ravens. They're they're the best team in football. Baltimore's second best in the AFC. Green Bay's the best in the NFC. And I think it is amazing. And I know you guys agree. 
that that say back in June or May that we could possibly envision things being pulled off in all the sports the way they've pulled them off uh, uh, under the circumstances of which they've had have had to exist. You know, it's a fun NFL season. They've cut way back on the holding calls. It was a great story by Kevin Seifert on uh, ESPN detailing how few penalties they've caused, calls, scorings up, and it's made it exciting. You know, Packers averaging 40 points a game. And so it's an exciting season, and I, I know we're all pumped about it. I think we should start holding more. Okay, yeah, General, answer this one for me. You've got the Colts visiting the Chicago Bears. Give me some hope here that the boys from the Windy City can get it done. Well, the way they can get it done is that Nick Foles is now the starter, and he's great coming off the bench. This is a perfect situation for him. And I think they are the a paper mache 3-0, and but with Foles in there, hopefully if you're an AOC South fan, Foles well like he did coming off the bench in the last game. And that uh, Indy, which is, has played great defense, but the schedule has has been, uh, well, beating Minnesota at home, that was nothing special, although at the time I thought it was. Uh, we'll know more about both of these teams after this game. Yeah, no doubt. John, what do you think happens with Dan Quinn? They blow another lead to those Bears because Nick Foles comes in the game. So I'll ask you that. What happens to Dan Quinn? What do you think happens to Mitchell Trubisky, too? Well, we know when they didn't pick up that fifth-year option, he was gone. He had to know it, too. So his him playing is auditioning for the next job. But remember, last year, Falls started at Jacksonville, got hurt, came back over Minshew, and then he got benched for Minshew, a sixth-round rookie. So he did not play well in that role. Maybe he'll not play well in this role. He's never been consistent. He won the Super Bowl with Philadelphia. He's had one really good year as a starter. That was with Chip Kelly. And uh, so who knows what kind of quarterback Foles is going to be. Trubisky will be gone. I'm guessing he'll be like Mariota and Winston. He'll be a backup for a cheap contract. And isn't that amazing when you think about that? Those two quarterbacks, number one and number two, and Trubisky, number two, and Chicago and GM Ryan Pace will always be haunted by taking Trubisky, trading up a spot to get him when he could have had Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. That'll be on his epitaph, right where he's buried. That's what it's going to say on air. I passed up Mahomes and Watson. John, the Jets host the Broncos tonight. I can't believe Adam Gase is having this difficult a time and maybe that's a funny statement to some, but when we were up there a couple of years ago, the Jets team just felt like, not that they were on the rise big time, but that they were certainly on their way to becoming more of an 8-8 eight and eight kind of caliber team. But they're not showing that at all right now, getting blown out all over the place. What about tonight, the Jets and the Broncos? I think last year they were 1-6. Everybody said he was gone, and they finished, what was he? That'd make it sick. They won seven. They finished 7-9. and nine. That game on Saturday at MetLife Stadium, Sam Darnold looked really good. I mean, he looked real good. And now he's regressed, and one reason is they don't have him any weapons. You know, they paid all that money for Le'Veon Bell. He's been a bust. They let Robbie Anderson get away. But the good news for the next coach is they're loaded 
with most voices, and theirs is going to be high. If I was them, I wouldn't fire Gase. But they, if they do, Greg Williams will be their interim coach, as he was in Cleveland. He did a good mm-hmm. job for the Browns, so that's good endorsement for this one. I'd keep Gase, be extra bad, get as high pick as possible, and then capitalize, whether it's Trevor Lawrence or something. And I feel bad for Sam Darnold because we saw what he was capable of doing that season. And these, these Thursday night games, it's like they've taken the worst teams they could and they put the worst games out there. And I can't, it's their network. You know, it's the NFL network. If the owners don't care, uh, but my goodness, I'll be watching baseball. It almost feels like with these games, what they felt like was, look, before anybody knows the Dolphins and Jags aren't that good, let's get them on Thursday night. Before anybody knows the Broncos and Jets aren't that good, let's get them on Thursday night. (laughs) Yeah, it is to a degree. But unfortunately, three games was too much time for those two teams. Uh, The Broncos is more about injuries. They've just been getting slammed, slammed with injuries. Uh, But, oh, by the way, General, uh, you got your wish. The A's beat the White Sox. It'll be Astros and A's in the next round of the playoffs. In L.A., so they're playing the team – that hates them the most in the city that hates them the most. And you know Dodger fans are going to be protesting. They already did this. Chandler Rome, our baseball writer, wrote about some of the things they did when they went out there. I think that just makes it that much better. By beating the Twins, uh, at least it shows they still got it. Whether they advance beyond the A's, I don't know. But uh, I want them to play Oakland. I want to beat their number one tormentor this year. And, you know, the first Thursday night game was Cincinnati and Cleveland, Burrow versus the Browns, who have a big following. And then uh, Miami beats Jacksonville. Fitzy plays a great game. And then this one tonight, I, I heard an ad on the NFL radio saying, be sure and watch Bradley Chubb and the Broncos versus the Jets. And I'm thinking, my goodness, you're promoting a, pass rusher who hasn't played worth a darn is coming off major knee surgery uh i don't know who else they got that they could promo but uh i would god be sure and watch mark rippins is is ripping his it's his, his nephew, nephew isn't it nephew yeah be sure and watch mark mark ripping's nephew on the nfl network i mean you're right you really don't have any star power but we'll see how it goes tonight you know I'll be watching. General, what do you have going on in the Chronicle? I'm working on that big story Sunday about the three coaches uh, being together under the same roof. Everybody I talked to was great. Cal McNair was tremendous. All the coaches were. And I'll tell you this, Gary Kubiak got choked up twice when I was talking to him about the McNairs and his relationship with Bob and how they, when they gave him the start to come home and, you know, they've said, Bob Bob said before he died, Gary Kubiak is always welcome at NRG Stadium anytime he wants. So I'm fired up about writing that. I've got a podcast. Our TV show is Sunday night after Sports Sunday on Channel 2. John McClain, thanks so much for joining us as always. We appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Thank you very much, and I'll see you Sunday. All right, we'll see you Sunday. John Harris sticks around. The injury report got an unwelcome addition today, as if there's ever a welcome addition to the injury report. We'll discuss that, some other things going on around the league, and a whole lot more about Sunday's matchup between the Texans and Vikings here on Texans Radio. 
Texans All Access continues in a moment. Hey, Texans fans, Drew Doherty here. Are you looking for a new home? First Community Credit Union has everything from purchase loans to construction loans, VA loans, and more. With our competitive rates, low to no closing costs, and rate match guarantee, FCCU can help you navigate home ownership. Discover your options at FCCU and get pre-approved today at FCCU.org forward slash home loans. First Community Credit Union is the official credit union of the Houston Texans. First Community Credit Union is an equal housing opportunity lender. The Houston Texans, Toro and NOV have partnered with the Sam Houston Area Council of Boy Scouts of America to present Toro Takes the Bull Out of Bullying. Toro Takes the Bull Out of Bullying, presented by NOV, is an educational assembly about preventing bullying. This year, the Texans and NOV have created an anti-bullying patch for students in the Scout Reach program. Scouts who complete Toro's anti-bullying quiz on HoustonTexans.com will receive the patch. The Texans, NOV, and the Boy Scouts are proud to help stop bullying across Houston. Hey, Houston, this is Keith here from Papa John's Pizza. And did you know that I am the number one Texans fan in the city? Well, probably one of many. But you know what? We've been a sponsor of the Houston Texans now for almost 20 years. The official pizza of the Houston Texans is Papa John's. And now when the Texans win, and they will, the very next day, order pizzas and you'll get half off. That's right, 50% off your pizza order the day after the Texans win. So come on, Texans, win a lot. Better ingredients, better pizza, the best football, Papa John's Houston. Telemundo Houston is number one for breaking news, weather, entertainment, and sports. Tune in every Sunday night for Houston Texans Primero EDS for complete game highlights. Upcoming game analysis, plus exclusive interviews all season long with Houston's most experienced sports team. Tune in every Sunday night for Houston Texans Telemundo Houston y Domina la Acción, exclusive Spanish home of the Houston Texans. Hey, parents and teachers. We know teaching kids at home can be hard, and teaching math can be even harder. Well, Schlumberger and the Houston Texans are here to make math fun with the Texans Stats Challenge. Get your student in the game with worksheets, videos, tips, and more to make math fun using the game of football. All for free. The Stats Challenge, presented by Schlumberger, is designed for sixth grade students and covers a variety of math topics. Find the Stats Challenge and other great resources as we continue to huddle at home at HoustonTexans.com community. Whether in your neighborhood, through a park, or on a treadmill, join Houston Texans fans all over the nation as we virtually run together for our Running of the Bulls 5K presented by HEB or Toro's Kids 1K presented by Texas Children's Hospital. Run or walk your favorite course any day and any time between November 1st through 8th and get race swag like a 2020 t-shirt, medal, and more. All proceeds will be donated to help youth in Houston. Your race, your way. For more information, visit HoustonTexans.com run. What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points, Saturday nights at 10.30 or after the late local news on ABC 13. They're on their way here. The men with the horns on the helmets. They come from from the land of the ice and the snow. They're coming to try to send you to 0-4. Okay, that nice. song gets me fired up. And you know, <laughs> yeah. Johnny, when they play, when we were up there and they uh-huh. blare that, 
Oh, that man. is pretty strong stuff. I got to say, that. you know, I'm a Zeppelin guy, so I was like, oh, this is pretty good right here. And I just wanted to beat them so badly, but it didn't happen last night, that night. In fact, Johnny, or that day, rather, I wrote a piece on the three coaches, but it was not about, you know, how great it was because I will write that piece, and it's yeah. coming out tomorrow at Vandermeer's View. I know McLean's doing his thing, but uh, I have my own thoughts on, on the three guys who I – you know, they're all different, and I have yep. great things to say about all three of them. But I said this, you know, we've never beaten the Vikings, and unfortunately all three guys have had a hand in it, you know. That's just <laughs> that's just the truth. And I think I wrote it that way. Uh-oh. But it's true. It's true. And, you know, Dom, it's terrible. Dom's team came the closest. They lost in overtime yeah. in 04, and that was a hell of a game. I mean, Dante Culpepper, Randy Moss. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. They yeah. were going crazy, and it, David Carr threw a career-high 372 yards. I mean, that's that's what oh. it was. Andre Johnson had that helicopter catch. Uh-huh. That And here's the thing. That year, you felt something was changing. Like, they, they started 0-2. 0-2? Uh-huh. They beat the Chiefs. Uh, they came back and beat the Raiders. Jonathan Wells had a good game. And then they played the Vikings and lost an OT. And we were like, ah. But then they won the next two. They beat the Titans up there. They beat the Jags here. So that was a... Five-game stretch where they won four of five, and the one loss was an overtime loss mm-hmm. to a pretty good Vikings team. Uh, and so Dom had that closest game, but then you go, oh, eight, not a good game with Kubiak and uh, Sage Rosenfeld's quarterbacking, and they were oh. just kind of overwhelmed. That was uh, up there, right, yeah. Up yeah. there. 2012 was the one where you could have finished with home field advantage throughout at the end of the Christian year, week 16. Ponder. You lost to uh, Sam Ponder's husband, yes. And then uh, obviously we know what happened in 16 with Brock Osweiler up there. Um, and, you know, look, uh, 2012, best record ever. Uh, 2016, division champion, 9-7. Mm-hmm. and seven. You won a playoff game. But the Vikings have always gotten over you. Now, Man. it's not a big body of work. It's four games. But, uh, you know, at the same time, the, the flip side of that record, the B side is that you've never lost to the Bears. You right. know, so it's like. I don't want that something's got to give to happen. I want this something's got to give to happen on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. It, it's so funny we talk about – you and I have talked about this forever, and we, we will definitely do it, do it this offseason. We will come up with our list of games with names because I, I thought about this the other day when I, I was actually – I was writing about uh, Arian Foster for something. I can't remember what it was, but I was writing – I was mentioning hit the 2010 game against the Colts. And it's like if you talk to somebody and say 2010 Colts game, what do you remember? Oh, the Arian Foster game. Like that's immediately what you say. And when you said 2012, that loss, so you could have had home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and you're like that loss to the Vikings. And I immediately said Christian Ponder. There's like a name that goes with it. I mean, just like I say 2015 Thursday night loss to the Colts, you tell me that is which game? Uh, Wait, 2013? 2015. Oh, Thursday night, Hasselbeck in a diaper. Hasselbeck in a diaper, exactly. Right. So that's how games just, you know, that's how they end up being uh, being remembered. Uh, Boy, there have been some does... Thursday night losses to the Colts, by the oh, way. I mean, Orlovsky yeah. up there. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the one name you oh, say. Hurts. Yeah, I mean the JJ the one... penalty game, the JJ penalty game. That's the that's one the in JJ where penalty game. Yeah, it was terrible, uh-huh. so terrible. Twenty fourteen, twenty four nothing run to, oh. to start the game for the Colts Thursday yeah. night. That's why last year's Thursday nighter with the Colts, you know, you were coming yeah. off the blowout loss to the Ravens. Like, you got to get this. You yeah. got to get this. 
and yeah. you got it. So that at the time was a big win. But boy, that feels like a long time ago, Johnny. I mean, here <sighs> you are at zero and three, and you know. <sighs> We talk about must wins, not a must win. We don't really talk about it much, but other people do. But I, I'm feeling the pressure for this one because, yeah. look, 0-4 and 0-8, and, you know, I could talk about that season all day long, too. That was the Hurricane Ike year, and then they, they reversed it. You know, they, they yeah. were at 3-7, and seven, then they went on a four-game winning streak, and it was like, okay, you're 7-7. Seven and seven. You got the Raiders, and you have – wait, who was last that year? The oh. Bears. Yeah, um, you have yeah. the Raiders and the Bears to close out, and the Raiders were bad. Jamarcus Russell, Jamarcus they Russell. Were bad. but they had all oh. that speed at wide receiver, and they beat you. It was like, yeah. oh my gosh, no. Jacoby now, Ford wasn't he? Jacoby Ford, Jacoby the speedster. Ford, yeah. Yep, yep, oh yep, yep, gosh, yep. I remember that game. So I, I remember David Anderson came back from that game, and we were really starting to kind of get to know Da at that time. And every time he had been on radio with us prior to that, he was fantastic. And I remember him coming on the radio that day. And he was just furious. I mean, he was just so mad that they had lost to Jamarcus Russell and Oakland. Like, a potential winning season on the line, and they lose to that guy. <laughs> and it just, it wasn't like, no, they lost to the Raiders. It was like, no, they lost to that guy that yeah. day. Um, Jamarcus Russell getting it done. But, you know, well, that was and, a, that 08 team. I mean, <laughs> but then turned around the final week and beat the Bears at home. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was actually I don't want to say it was a big win, but it was important not to go seven and nine after you just went eight and eight for the first time the year before. And I remember Kubiak said he told the team like we cannot take a step back. I mean, yeah. we'll, the best we could do is go even money from last year. Let's go even money, and they did. And they had a winning season the next year, but the next year there's Jamarcus Russell again, and this time you need him to pull through against a so-so Ravens team last game of the regular season, and he can't do it. It was actually a pretty good Ravens team. Last yeah. game of the regular season, he can't do it. If he does it, you're in the playoffs for the first time. Don't get me started. Johnny, Will Fuller shows up at the injury report today. Hate Thoughts? It. Hate yeah, it. I mean, I saw that. And I didn't think you'd you know, like when, it. When the injury report comes out, what, what happens, the way at least our, our staff does it, is when the injury report comes out that we see – there's a name when the name changes or a name pops up for the first time or Status, it changes category, yeah. mm-hmm. it it gets bolded. So it comes in, I see it, and I'm like, all right, I brace myself because you just never know. Uh, you just never know. So I brace yeah. myself, and I can tell that there are some. Just looking at the little t- tiny thing on my phone, I could tell there are some bolded names, and I'm like, oh no. Oh, and no. as soon as I use the you know you use the little pincher you know fingers to kind of open it up wider. And I just see it, and I'm like, it! I hope, I hope that's just, all right, you know, he had a little tweak, so we had to put him out a little bit. I, I don't know. But he just makes, you know, it was interesting because I, Tuesday night, Mark, I, uh, I did replay, and I'm trying to figure out, all right, you know, the Steelers game wasn't great. But, you know, there's some stuff there I can live with, but I can't carry that two segments. So I'm like, all right, well, what do I do? And I was like, hey, let me look back at Will Fuller's Big games, big plays, et cetera. Mark, I couldn't fit it all into a segment. And oh, yeah. I started thinking about like what he's done for this team when he's been healthy. And it's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm experiencing it like you, like the fans in this town. It's like, man, we love that guy. We love what he can do if he could just get on the field 100% oh. of the time. And he'd tear this league up. 
He teared up per game. If you go per game averages oh. and all that, I mean, it would be ridiculous. You'd be looking at one of the very best, you know, top five wide receiver in the NFL. There's no, qu- yep. there's no question. I mean, he when he's healthy and he's played some games where he's kind of banged up and not as good as he normally would be. Like I think the Ravens game might fit into that category yep. this year. Yep. Uh, but you know, the Steeler game, uh, this uh, opening game with the Kansas City Chiefs when yep. he went for over a hundred. All right, so he's got a hamstring. Uh, other changes on that injury report. Let's see. Charles Amenahu is upgraded. So like he was a DNP, did not participate yeah. yesterday, so he limited today. That's good. That's, as Bill O'Brien would say, trending in the right direction. That's what we want to see. Lonnie Johnson shows up. He was not on yesterday's. And this is the only time where someone is is sick or has an illness where you might say, oh, good, uh, because yeah. it's not like a it's knee not. or something or a hamstring. <laughs> Lonnie yeah. Johnson illness. I, I don't mean to make light of it. I hope I don't know what Lonnie's got. You know, it's not COVID because otherwise, you know, you'd know it about would, that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, let's just pray that Lonnie's okay. It's not a serious thing and that he can get to the starting line on Sunday and, and get well soon. A bit of good news here, a lot of good news, I think, is Duke Johnson, full participation yeah. with the ankle injury. I mean, that's huge, Johnny, to have him in there um, in that one-two punch you want to create with David Johnson. That's going to be nice to see. I don't want to take away anything from C.J. Procise because I think if, if C.J. had been here from the beginning of the year and knew the offense, I think they probably would try and utilize him. The, I think Tim would try and utilize him a little bit more with the offense. So I don't want to take away from C.J. And I don't want to make Duke Johnson seem like he's the Rubik's Cube piece that needs to get turned to fill out the, col- you know, the, the colored side or to finish the cube. But he's really important to this team, really important. Mark, I thought you know we, you and I texted and then I talked about this. Uh, on radio at some point talking about the drive starters for the Texans and how how bad they've been, uh, well, how bad they were against the Pittsburgh Steelers. In fact, they had negative in 10 drives. They had negative yardage on dr- 10 drive start plays. And it's just, man, you can't live like that. And I thought back to the playoff game. I thought back to the Bills game. And in the second half, two drives, one I think that didn't, that didn't start to end up in points, the next one that did end up in points after it became 16 to nothing, both of them started with Duke Johnson 10-yard runs. I mean, think about a drive starter the other day against Pittsburgh that starts off with a 10-yard run. I mean, I, I, who knows what that turns into at that particular moment, but I yeah. sure as heck know what happens if the f- drive starter is a minus 5-yard sack or a minus 11-yard sack. I know that. Not good. Not good at all. And, I mean, even go a step further. There were two drive starters that started with eight yards and five yards. And both of them ended up going down, I believe, for touchdowns. Eight yarder was a toss from Deshaun to Cooks. That was on the that was on the two minute drive, right, for the half. And then the five yarder was Deshaun on a scramble. Even just picking up five yards on a scramble. I mean, I don't love seeing Deshaun scramble, but just getting five yards as a drive starter. I mean, they end up going putting points on the board. You know, but when they don't get anything or they get negative yardage, it's you know, they're gonna go three and out. I mean, it's just kind of the way it's the way it's been the last few weeks, especially um especially against Pittsburgh, and it became even that much more evident when in the second half the offense is not on the field at all and the defense is just having to be out there for the entire game. So the drive start is so incredibly important and Duke is a guy that I think can give you some juice on that drive starter play to get you rolling. Uh, no question. I mean look, this is 
he is a he's a pro you know sometimes we use that cliche way too much but he is he's a professional running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield well he knows the pass pro he'll help your football team he'll give david johnson a bit of a blow again one two punch there johnny thanks a lot for being with us look forward to tomorrow night absolutely mark thank you all right coming up we mentioned the three coaches together in the building on sunday something they all have in common something they all have in common and I'll give you my favorite under-the-radar win from each guy. And we have Houston Methodist Minutes coming up as well. Breast Cancer Awareness Month, it's here. Let's get to it. It's Texans All Access. Texans TV takes over Saturday nights. Catch Extra Points, followed by Texans 360, Saturday night at 1030 or after the late local news. At Amogee Bank, it's all about relationships. And in talking with our customers, we found a consistent theme. Having a banking professional speak to me on a personal level has meant a lot. Amogee Bank made it happen for us. They make you feel important. You don't get that everywhere. Thank you to Amogee Bank from all of us and all of our families. From our fans to yours, here's to more family, business, and banking. Amogee Bank, Science Bank Corporation, NA, and FDIC, official business bank of the Houston Texans. Today tastes like game day at home, like assigned couch seating. <laughs> tastes like coffee table dining and an ice-cold Coke to cool down the heat. It tastes like the game you've waited for all week with friends you've known your, your whole life. <laughs> Today tastes like watching football is supposed to, and it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola, together tastes better. Teachers and parents, are you looking for educational resources to keep your students engaged at home during this challenging time? The Houston Texans, Toro, and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all the while having some fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the COVID-19 resources page and run your kids through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! At Hyundai, the longer you look, the more there is to like. Hyundai vehicles offer a wide range of advanced tech and safety features and are backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit your Hyundai dealer today and take some time to look around. There really is a lot to like. Now get 0% APR and make no payments for 90 days on the Sonata or get $2,000 in savings plus $750 disaster relief cash for well-qualified buyers only. Offers end 11-220. Call 469-613-0227 for more offer details. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. Relive all the action with full game replays. We do it again, we do it again, we do it again. Catch every snap in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Caught for the touchdown. Learn from the pros with film sessions. Once you're in that red zone, it's a chess match. And get access to the NFL Films Archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. What do you call a group of friends who spend every Sunday huddled around the TV for hours, wearing horns on their heads and blue and red paint on their faces, jumping with a Miller Lite in one hand and a hot barbecue short rib in the other, while proudly chanting, we are Texans. You call it Miller time in Houston. Here's to the Texans. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? 
Extra Points, Saturday nights at 10.30 or after the late local news on ABC 13. All right, so the three head coaches in the building on Sunday at the same time, the three head coaches of Texans history and my favorite under-the-radar wins of each coach. Uh, Because, you know, when you talk about capers, you always talk about opening night, and you might mention that Steeler game, and we talked about that plenty before the Texans played the Steelers, about the three defensive scores that won it later that year. Or I've mentioned it many times about beating the Dolphins game one of year two when Miami was unbeatable at home in September. I'm just telling you, they had, at the time, an unbelievable record at home in September, and you beat them on opening day on Andre Johnson's debut. That might be my favorite under the radar, but I'm going to give you another one which is in 04 when they beat the Titans for the first time. And it was up there. And it was Steve McNair and all those guys the Titans had that were so good. And just being able to beat them for the first time in year three of franchise history up there was such a special day. And the coaches knew, that whole staff knew what that meant. And, look, it didn't end up the way they wanted it to. They went 7-9, and nine, which at the time was the best record they ever had. But that was an under-the-radar win. For Kubiak, it would be... It's a two-game swing, actually, and i got to say this because they're 5-7 and seven in 2007, and they acquired Matt Schaub in the offseason, and he's all dinged up, and he looks pretty good when he's in there, but they can't keep him healthy. And Sage Rosenfels, who you know, I loved as a backup quarterback here, uh, starts on a Sunday against Tampa Bay late in the season, and you know they're trying to get their sixth win, and they get it with Darius Walker at running back. They score in the opening drive. I mean, it's just a kind of vintage Kubiak drive, and then a few days they win that game. A few days later, they're playing the Denver Broncos, Kubiak's former employer, and that was it, man. Mario Williams goes nuts, three sacks. Sage again plays. They run the ball well. They win on a Thursday in primetime. They go to 7-7 seven and seven. that late in the season for the first time ever, being 500 that deep into the season was a, you know, I can't say huge accomplishment, but it was a step for them because they had never done that before, and they ended up finishing 500. And the uh, Bill O'Brien under-the-radar win would be 2016 to me when they beat the Colts for the second time up there because, I mean, this was a very tricky situation. They had lost three games in a row with Osweiler, okay? The Packers, the Raiders, the Chargers. Actually, the Chargers were in the middle of all that, and that was a really dicey situation. That thing could have gone downhill way further than it did, okay? So there they were in desperate need of a win at Indy. Can you do it again? Can you really beat the Colts again at their place, this time with Andrew Luck? Well, they got two picks off the quarterback. Frank Gore held the 41 yards. Lamar Miller runs for 107. Brock doesn't do a whole lot in that game, but it didn't matter. Uh, Clowney had a huge strip, and Whitney recovered. And to me, that was a big win at the time. I mean, they were able to win the division off of that. They made the quarterback change the next week when they played the Jags. Uh, But that was my uh, Bill O'Brien under-the-radar win. And they all have this in common, which drives everybody crazy. I get it. Uh, And it's not really a, a nice thing to say necessarily, but I think it is in a way because, you know, they all three have said it's on me when they lose, right, or when they're going through tough times. This is understandable, folks. A head coach, a leader puts it on him or herself. No matter what the situation is, the cream floats to the top. Now, that's a wrong expression to use in this case. You know, the buck stops here, that kind of thing. You are at the top. You know, if somebody beneath you, below you in the in the hierarchy makes a mistake or doesn't perform up to snuff, you got to take responsibility, and that's what they all three do, and they're all terrific men, and this franchise has been blessed to have them all, and they'll all be in the building on Sunday. Okay, let's get to Houston Methodist Minutes. Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and Dr. Charles Geyer joins us. And this is interesting because the technology is always changing, evolving, and detecting 
and treating breast cancer. So it's very important to stay on top of it. Here's Charles Geyer. Well, I think, Mark, women, for the most part, are very aware of breast cancer, of course, because many have seen the devastating effects of advanced disease in loved ones and friends, so they rightly fear advanced disease. However, through early detection, by screening, and by prompt evaluation of of changes a woman notices in her breast, the cancer can be discovered at a much earlier and far more easily managed point uh, in its course. Uh, We now have very effective, more personalized therapies that uh, can be applied with a high degree of efficacy now in breast cancer. So in a sense, to me, the thing to be feared is undiagnosed and untreated breast cancer. So we really encourage women to be aware of their potential risks for breast cancer to come in and and learn about early detection to undergo screening hopefully the studies will have always have good news and they say don't see anything see you next year but in cases where the studies do what they want we we want them to do and find an early cancer we get it at that point where there's a lot of options for treatment and we can really select therapies that are highly effective but but less toxic and less difficult for women so there's just a lot i think a very we're at a very encouraging exciting time uh, in breast cancer treatment and management that's dr charles geyer of houston methodist the official health care provider of the houston texans houston methodist leading medicine log on to houstonmethodist.org for more information on this and all the topics we discuss on houston methodist minutes all right well we've got a big one on sunday folks i mean this is it Noon kick, Vikings coming in. I don't know how the lack of practice is going to affect them. I've been talking with some people up there, uh, but not the coaches. You know, I'm not bothering Dom Capers and Gary Kubiak this week. Uh, They've got their hands full. But this is not an unusual situation to be cut a day of practice when you consider what a team goes through in a Thursday night game or a Sunday game following a Monday game, particularly with long travel. These things happen and we're deep enough into it now where it shouldn't affect them that much. They should be good to go for a kickoff at noon. You're going to get the best effort the Vikings can muster. Nobody wants to be 0-4. It's a disaster to be 0-4 football-wise, okay? I know there's bigger stuff going on in the world right now. I'm talking in football context. Uh, But 0-3, you can come out of it. You know, you win this one. Next week, you get the Jags. Then you get the Titans up there. Let's just see how it goes. The most important thing is winning Sunday. We all agree. 9 a.m. with Texans Countdown presented by Kroger. So tune in for that. And don't forget, tomorrow we'll be on with John Harris, 6 o'clock. All the trimmings. Bill O'Brien on the show tomorrow. Plenty of interviews uh, with players and everything to get you ready for Sunday's action. And extra points, 1035 Sunday night, ABC 13. I will be on with Drew Doherty. Looking forward to that. Thank you, Brandon, for producing. Thank you, John McClain and John Harris, for being on. Have a great evening, everyone, and go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. Hey, it's your homie. Sorry, it's your home. I know you don't like it when I call myself your homie. (laughs) Um, So I have some favors to ask you. Could you get rid of a few chairs in the living room? My floorboards are tired. Another easy thing, we could save money if you bundled your home and car insurance with GEICO. 
One more thing. I know you love lavender scented candles, but could we try Tahitian vanilla? I think it would fit my vibe better. Geico. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today. Saltgrass Steakhouse is the place for a great steak. Why? Because they only serve the best certified Angus beef. A saltgrass steak is unmatched, unrivaled, and unbeatable when it comes to flavor. Each tender steak is seasoned with a perfect blend of seven spices, grilled over an open flame, and topped with seasoned steak butter. Taste the certified Angus beef difference today at Saltgrass Steakhouse. Find a massive selection of new and certified pre-owned Hyundais at Ron Carter Hyundai, a better way to buy. Test drive any vehicle at Ron Carter Hyundai and get $250 in gift cards. Buy any vehicle and get $500 in gift cards. Sell them your car. There'll be any offer by $500 or get $500. Plus, get Hyundai Assurance, America's best warranty. 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Gulf Freeway, just two miles south of the Beltway. RonCarterHyundai.com. See dealer website for gift card and trade-in details. The Houston Texans scratch ticket from the Texas Lottery is your ticket for a chance to win up to $100,000. And it's your opportunity to enter promotional drawings for a chance to win an away game trip on a private plane, VIP season tickets, luxury suite tickets to a home game, and more. So get your Houston Texans scratch ticket today. Houston NFL Holdings LP, all rights reserved. For detailed game odds and information, visit txlottery.org or call 800-375-6886. Must be 18 or older to purchase a ticket or enter a promotional second chance drawing. Play responsibly. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence data Q2 2020. With Houston Methodist Virtual Urgent Care, you can skip the drive and the waiting room and connect to our board-certified providers from your computer, tablet, or mobile phone. Virtual Urgent Care visits are available 24-7, no appointment needed, even on weekends and holidays. Now you can get the same trusted care you expect from Houston Methodist, wherever you are, whenever you need us. To learn more, visit HoustonMethodist.org. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Titosvodka.com. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Sometimes in business, the unexpected comes calling. But even in, I'm going to say it, unprecedented times, don't bounce back. Bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig, with the flexibility to update your bandwidth in just a few clicks, and with security solutions that help keep your connected devices protected. Be fast, be flexible, be ready for what's next, and bounce forward. Help your business to bounce forward with this amazing offer. 
Get a great price on a powerful and reliable internet solution from Comcast Business. Starting at $64.90 a month for 24 months with a two-year agreement. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to ComcastBusiness.com today to find out more. Restrictions apply. Limited to new Comcast Business 25 megabits per second internet and one voice mobility customers. Early termination fee applies. Equipment, installation, taxes, and fees extra. Subject to change. 